On today's episode, Dave interviews Derek Miller. Derek has appeared in the film Transformers and on television was a regular on The Wedding Band and Secret Girlfriend. He also appeared in episodes of Scrubs and The Hills. Derek is a seasoned improviser and appears weekly in the opening night musical at I.O. West in Los Angeles. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. It's funny you should say that because um, I was uh, thinking about um, a Mercedes. I saw a Mercedes yesterday, uh-huh. and I was thinking, of it, and for the first time in my life, I looked at him and thought, I, I could sit in that car. I could drive that car. Yeah, I mean, I had such a like a disdain for it before. I remember I had somebody who had gotten successful in the past and got one, and I kind of turned my nose up at them. And I'm like, I want to call them now and be like, I'm very sorry, because it's an amazing car and it's fantastic, <laughs> and there's a reason why people like them. And I ended up getting an amazing, stupid deal on it uh-huh. through a, uh, one of the cast members on uh, Wedding Band. And um, oh, you bought it used? No, no, I got it brand new. You bought it, but new. he gave me like this amazing lease deal. Put this out so I can see like, what time it is. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. um, like less than um, it was like less than I would have gotten a Prius for. So I'm like, well, why don't I, don't I drive the luxury car? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But I yeah. understand. Yeah. I understand. I, and the, I think what happens is you get to a point in your life where you go, I am a good person. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I do good things for people. And all the times that I've sacrificed because I don't want people to think a certain way about me, you know, the people that know me know me. Absolutely. I've got little barbs from people, you know, sure. in, in the bar, and they're like, oh, like, right? This is my life. <laughs> this is my life. Yeah. No, no, I, I get it. I get it. Because anybody can bitch about, about anything they want to you. You know, they could go, blue shirt, really? Short sleeve blue shirt? Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're in LA. And I have a friend who, no matter what you say, she's going to turn it and make it about her. Of course. It's yeah. so fucking boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And especially out here. I remember how excited you were when you got uh, that that billboard on Sunset. That fucking remember that. And, awesome. And so what was it? So just, just for people that, that uh, aren't familiar with the billboard on Sunset, right by Chateau, Chateau yeah, Marmont? Yeah, it was you know, directly adjacent to Chateau Marmont. The, the Turner owns that board. So there was a slight, you know, like when we were coming up to the show coming out, there was like... What was the show? Which show? This was a wedding band for TBS. Uh-huh. And it was like, well, I'm like, I'm like, oh man, it'd be so great if my, uh, my picture goes up on the billboard there. And it was, especially for me because I worked at the Chateau Marmont for five years. Right. And I did room service there. Right. Yeah. And I started out, I don't know, when I, I was pretty young when I started. And, um, but, you know, I did everybody's, I catered everybody's party. And, you know, I, I knew all these celebrities from being there. I'm like, oh, someday I just want to work. I just want to work. And then here was this awesome vindication of me next to her. And my wife there now, she's the VIP reservation director. So she's still there. So, wait, wait, wait. You said vindication. You didn't mean vindication. No, 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 not vindication. But it was a lovely, just like a confirmation. Confirmation. Of everything right. that's like, like and right. oh, it all meant something. And you know. Right. Because I think a lot of, because I, I don't see you as, because as, vindication yeah. has that word. And I think this is the first time I've ever really been put it together. Because vindication is vindictive. Yes, absolutely. I was just going to say, well, and the vindictiveness came in. I went to the holiday party because my wife still works there. And there were some guys who still worked there from when I used to. And they're like, oh, aren't you so glad there? Isn't that just a big fuck you, you know, to this place. And I go, no, I don't see it that way at all. I see right. it as like a wonderful, like, I, I graduated to that. And it was just the next step. But those are the people that sit back and don't see where it is that you are. They see where it is that you were in comparison to where it is that you are. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They're not seeing you as, uh, Derek did this thing. They're seeing you as, 
Derek did this thing, and he really gave a fuck you to his history. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. somebody and because it's too short, man. Oh, absolutely. Can you absolutely. Oh, I know. Just so many people walking around with that vitriol inside of them. It's like oh, you're walking around with it, man. You have to contain that. Exactly. And not only that, it takes a lot of fucking work. It seems like you really got to keep track of uh, who fucked you over. You got yeah, that list absolutely. of who fucked you over. Oh, yeah, that person. And instead of me seeing you and saying, I haven't seen Derek in a really long time, um, and saying, oh, it's really great to see Derek. Uh, I mean, because there's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing dark in our history, and it's no. all about creativity and things like that. Um, but it's easy to go. It, it, uh, to look at somebody that I haven't seen in a while and to say, oh, no, oh, look, I've, there's my friend. I haven't seen them in a while. Why don't I like them? You know what I mean? Like yeah, people yeah. do do that. What what do they have on me, or what do I have on oh, them, or boy. what happened between? Because your fucking past is your past. It's Absolutely. past. That's why it's called past. Yeah. Because it passed. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I had a huge reset button too in LA, where when I went on the cruise ships with Second City. I don't know when. I don't know if you knew this, but when I left, I was done with LA. This was six years ago. Okay. And I had so I sold my car. Uh -huh. I got rid of everything. And you know, it's like these stories keep coming up over and over again when people are thrown in the towel or when they're done with everything, right? You know, you, you hear them over and over again. But I was really done. I was going to go back to Chicago. I had talked to my parents about moving back in for a little bit. This is prior to you being getting married. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Because I ended up meeting my wife on the ships too. Right. So that was the huge change. I blame right. everything on her. Right. Um, yeah, I met her first week on the ships. Because I mean, I've been through these relationships where girls, you know, eventually your allure and your charm wear off if you're not making, you know... But it's, it's not about it's not about them, it's about no, it's you. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not what they're... like. I, and I understand what you're saying. Like, you could look at them and go, oh, why would they care for me? Absolutely. But really, that's, the, that's what you're giving off. You're giving off, why should you care for me? It, you know, that's really brilliant. And I'm, I'm at a place in my life where I, I can go, yeah, I, I wasn't strong enough. And I see it in my... Friends who aren't strong enough to contend with women who are more successful or women who are doing more things. You weren't strong enough. I'm not understanding what that means. I wasn't... Strong enough to do what? You know, I wasn't uh, strong enough in terms of just dealing with them and like and being okay with where I was in my life. Yes, absolutely. Right? Like, so even though I, I said I was fine with it, I was trying as hard as I could to be mm -hmm. a better actor, make more money or whatever I was doing. Mm -hmm. There was still something that was inadequate, right? Probably. Well, okay, okay. Great. I'm listening to you. I mean, I don't know 100%. I mean, I'd like to blame them. Who's them? Ex-girlfriends, you Got know, it. who like, right. who pained me so much that right. like, you know, all this. You like to or you can? I can. You can? I, I can to some degree, but I, I also know I'm culpable. You, aren't you culpable of it all? Yes. <laughs> but here, this, because, this, this is going back to my point of me leaving and coming back. This, uh -huh. this reset button. Mm -hmm. When I came back off the ships, I had a new lease on LA. I came back for one reason only. To find a place for my, my this beautiful woman that I met from England, who I was bringing here, and I was here to try just to work, one more time. You were here to work. Yes, I wasn't in LA for any I'm other sorry. reason. I, see what I did? Yeah, I made a subtraction. <laughs> I subtracted the word "try." Yeah, and that's what happened. Was uh -huh. you let go of the try and you did the work? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know because I haven't been. Following, no, I absolutely you know, know that because I trim the fat because you make all these omissions for yourself. Or what omissions? Um, of, uh, you know, of, 
you, you give you give up a lot, you know, to to, for, to be an actor, and you you think that there's nothing else, so you omit all these other pieces of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, I can't do that because I'm trying this right now. And no, you can be a full person, and you can have all these things, and you can go to a dude ranch, and like the world's not this myopic; it's huge, and you know that. And, I know, and that's the big thing about you because you're traveling and you're, you know, meeting so many different people, mm -hmm. and so many people get this like like I said, this myopic view. But you industry. also said it because you said you in in when you said you give up stuff in order to be an actor, that yeah. is what you said, right? right. Um, I don't think we give up anything. No, you I don't have to, you shouldn't have But what to. I'm saying is you did say that. You said yeah, we yeah. give up a lot, and I don't think that we do. Right. I think if we, if anything, we embrace those things that people don't. Because I don't, I don't think I'm giving anything. What am I giving up? Right, no, when you're doing it right, I think. But what's that mean? What does right mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm digging, I'm picking. At, but I'm, I'm not, I see when you're doing it purely, not right. When you're doing it, when when you when you're when you're just doing it and you're not putting rules or stipulations on it. That's what I mean. The right way is. But that's. <laughs> but don't you think that you have to? I love this conversation. I don't do you think that you have to go through the period of shedding those things, of saying, you know what, I don't need to have the expectations. I, all Absolutely. that I need is to do the work. So all those things that come to you, I know for me, all those things where I went, oh, you know what, uh, that need for me to have the nine to five job, uh, um, or that feel that I, that feeling right. that I have the need to have that, or the feeling that I am sacrificing, um, I, I, am, I am sacrificing security for this thing, but mm -hmm. I don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. No, and there's no security anywhere, as you learn. As That's you what I mean. Life. Like nobody has any security. Right. You know, my poor stepfather <laughs> worked till the day he died. You know, and his company folds, and he lost his you know 401k, and it's just like that guy should not have had to do that. And that's that was just like fuck. It can all go anywhere at any time. So yeah. why? Yeah, I mean, so there's yeah. a lot of that stuff. But also, too, I was going to say, too, on the same time, omissions, there's also permissions you give yourself. Mm -hmm. You give yourself permission to go drink every night. Or you give yourself permission to go party hard because you're reeling from that audition that you failed at. So you, you built in all these things. My mom even once justified it Christmas to my sister. She goes, boy, Derek goes out and parties a lot. Or he's very social in L.A. Uh -huh. I went and saw him, and it's, it's all things. about, yeah. you know, but it has to be because you're in these clubs and you're in stuff. And uh, my mom goes, well, well, he has to be that way. You know, he's dealing with a lot of rejection. So she completely, so, and for me, I latched onto that. I was like, well, mom knows that I need to do that. <laughs> right, it's yeah. like, oh, he's medicating himself, poor guy. Absolutely. You know, because yeah. uh, I, I drink, and I drink a lot, and um, uh, a lot, not a lot. I don't, it's not like, oh, I woke up, it's 11 o'clock, it's time to drink. It's more along the lines of, I'm going to sit down with a bottle of wine, and I'm going to drink. Yeah. Um, well, there's but that as, too, and there's there's the. But you know, as, the as, as I get older, it's not. But for me, it's not about the medication anymore. It's not about uh, you know numbing it. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, there was like we'd throw parties and stuff. I lived in a house with you know four guys, mm -hmm. and it was it was crazy there. And that's we you know two of the other guys were at the chateau too. So we had guests from the chateau over, and it was great. We right. had celebrities, and it was nuts. Right. But that doesn't it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. In what terms does that of, mean? In terms of what? In terms of like life progressing they're not they're not 
They're great stories mm -hmm. and they're fun times, mm -hmm. but they're emblematic of nothing more than just stories and great times. But isn't that, and I, and, and I don't mean to say, hey bro, we're here to live, but those are the things that I've realized make up the, make up the life that I live. Um, those are the things, because what, it, what else? Is it this house? No. Is it are this right. apartment that I live in? No. Is it the stuff yeah, that I mean, No. I mean, well, we're all different. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I, I, was, I, I was thought yesterday, you know, I'm, my wife's pregnant, we're going to do it in July. Mazel which Mazel. is, thank you. And I'm really excited about, like, you know, and I said, I don't know where this came from in my head. I said, boy, my son is going to think I'm a, I'm a fucking Munchausen when I start telling him the stories of my 20s and my 30s. Right. Because they're amazing. I've got amazing stories. Uh -huh. I've done, gotten into so much trouble in weird places. I love it. I love it. But he's going to think I'm a liar because there's so many of them. It's so funny that you say that as opposed to the feeling that you can get of, I get to celebrate my past with my son. Oh, I'm very excited about I all understand of that. that too. But it's going to seem almost phony. I see. There's so much of it. Oh my God. But yeah, no, yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that. yeah, yeah, I yeah. No, I, I love it. I, I know you do. And I just, I'm thinking like, why, why are you putting that negativity? There's no negativity. But you are. You're saying really? that your son's going to think he's a liar. That you're a liar. <laughs> You know what I mean? If that isn't that negative. Because some people do think I'm a liar. No. But the thing is, that do, you, do you give a fuck about those people? No, not at all. Well, then don't fuck Absolutely. those people. But your son's not one of those people. No, he's not. Like, I mean, he's he, not. I mean, I think he'll be dubious. I don't think he'll be like raising an eyebrow, like, did my dad. I also think that it's possible that he's going to go, that's my dad, and not put a value judgment on it. Yeah. I, whether he does or not, I'm going to love the shit out of him. So he can judge me all the time. Of course you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And so you're going to have a child, and, 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 there's, and you have a child, and you've got a Mercedes. And I'm just saying that because it's one of those things where suddenly you're a fucking adult. You yeah. are an adult. It's really weird. Yeah, and I mean, like, well, with our place, too, like... Uh, oh, you have a house, and you have a house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we found out we were pregnant the week we bought the house, and Deb said she would never get pregnant unless we had stability of a home. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. I have a million friends who have kids in apartments and da da da. Because I wanted kids. I'm 10 years older than her. Right. So I was itching a little bit more. And she's like, nope, not until we get the thing. Literally a week later, I was walking on the stage uh, at I.O. for opening night. And she, and she sent me the text of the pregnancy the test. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Went on the stage. <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. But yeah, so her ovaries knew. Yeah, right. Apparently. But I, I think that also everything, it's so interesting to me how Everything happens at the time that it happens, and everything that happens at the time that it happens, we get to go, oh, that's the perfect time. Because I think everything's the perfect time. Is your answer really true? I mean, uh, who knows how you justify anything. But let's see this reset button. When I came back to LA, mm -hmm. right? So I came back, and I was focused on one thing. I'm just going to work, and I know that I'm good, and it's not about all this periphery stuff. Mm -hmm. Not that those things were bad. They just detracted me from achieving what I came to LA to do. The periphery stuff being... Social life. Got it. All that Got other. It. Got yeah. it. The stuff that blurred. Right. The, the self-medicating. Mm -hmm. So came back. And then I booked two series within a month, back to back, the series regulars. That's crazy. I had never had anything close to that. You know, I had bit, bits and pieces and things that trail off through the years. But to be first on the call sheet on two shows back to back within a month of coming back to L.A. when I was going to quit. Right. It was awesome. Right. It was really great. And I had a really like renewed sense of self and performing for different audiences on the ship. I'm sorry. What came first? The renewed sense of self or that? Or, or, the, or the booking? Because I don't know. It's really weird. Isn't it the, you know, it's isn't like, it the renewed self of sense gave you the bookings? Yes, I think so. Because if you, if you look at it the other, the, uh, the other way around, it's like that's, that's reverse engineering. That's saying I, I got my history because I got this job. No, it had nothing to do with the jobs. I understand. Yeah, the way I was playing was completely different. I mean, Shuli even said to me when we were doing opening Shuley night. Shuli Cowan. Shuli Cowan. Mm -hmm. In opening night, she's director. Opening night, the music was just one of the finest improv shows on the planet. And, and, I, and, and it sounds hyperbolic, 
but I don't mean for it to sign hyperbolic. No, Every single time I see it, I don't feel guilty saying it. For a long time, I did, but it is such a fucking great show. And it, we, but we work at it. You know, I understand. It doesn't matter how you got there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you work at it, but at the same time, it is a great show, yeah. and it's up there with. Um, uh, TJ and Dave, and it's up there with any of the the, the Dazariski shows. Oh, it's thanks. up there with those shows that you look at and you go, how does that? Or the shows, um, and it's very similar to the shows that Impro Theater does, where they do um, uh, in narrative in, stuff. It, well, they do, yeah, yeah, they do improvised. Um, what do they? They do improvised. Uh, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Rod Serling. Oh yeah, yeah. Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. They yeah. do improvised Twilight Zone. They do improvised Jane Tennessee Austen. Williams, they do something. Incident. Yeah, but they also do improvised Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. Like what the oh, fuck yeah, are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> so it's up there yeah. with that. So, getting back, you said Shuli said. Oh yeah, well that summer that I came back, I was improvising mm -hmm. in a completely different way either, and there was no hesitation, and it was just very fearless. What was it that brought that? Right? What do you think? Well, I think I think it? it was doing the cruise ship stuff because you're performing and like you get lost in industry in LA a little bit, you know, performing for each other and everything kind of, you know, you lose a bit of like after 10 years, I'm 10 years out of my life in Chicago being around normal people and being around right. life life. So things right. aren't as reflective of that. Things are now reflective of the industry. So just having that break and being around normal Americans, you know, not that there is such a thing, but just right. being a, a, a swath of different people who appreciate stuff and laugh at different things. Like, well, if I want to be on TV, which is my end game, that's why I'm here, or movies, or whatever it is. These are the people you're entertaining. Right. You're not entertaining this subset of improv culture. No. But what is the purpose of the subset of improv culture? I mean, what is the what do you get out of that subset of improv culture? In terms of performing? In terms of in, well, in terms of your evolution. Well, oh, I love it. You know, like I, I, I if if I could be the historian of improv, I would fucking love that. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my big jobs out of college was interning at Second City. It's when I Where did you go to college? I went to Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, wow, you went to Indiana. Yeah. Which is just a bastion of awesome people I know, coming like from Laura there. Laura and Mick and right, yeah, Joe Bill and Joe. Mark Sutton and. Yeah. Uh, Faith Soloway and I don't know if Jill went to yeah. there. You know, I'd, I'd heard about these groups that they had too, but not, none of them had legs. So I started a group there with Jill Benjamin. You right. Know, you know, and then they just, they're having the 20th anniversary next week. What's the name of the group? Uh, Full Frontal Comedy. Uh -huh. So that's great. I mean, that's right. a nice little legacy. Right. To, from that university. But um, from college, when I went to do Second City to intern, there wasn't a position. I wrote them a letter and I said, I'd like to be your summer intern. Wrote this big long thing. And they're like, um, sure. Because <laughs> there wasn't one. Right. So and everything was a mess. Right. Like all the all the filing did cabinets. Did we talk did I know you then? You did because you you let me sit in a workshop that you were teaching to the touring company. That's when I first met you. Great. Yeah. Oh, I had come from LA to Yes, yes, yes I remember back. that. Yeah. yeah. And I told yeah. you I still have the notes from that. Yeah. That was very <laughs> yeah. that was a very important day for me. Oh good. So yeah. And um but yeah, but I, the cool thing about that was is I got to read all the old scripts. I had to right. put them in order and put them in binders. None of them were punched. It was old, a lot of mimeographed, you know. Like I saw them before. because we did the 35th yeah. anniversary show. And the 35th anniversary show was my, my last show there. It was awful. And uh, it was a best of show. So it was essentially a touring company show. But none of those things were in binders. It was like yeah. catch as catch can. And then, then they read, you know, they just read super flat unless you see them. Right. And, you know, Joyce was around, so I was constantly going to Joyce Sloan. Yeah, mm -hmm. Joyce Sloan. I'm like, you know, who's this? Who's that? Right. Because, you know, some people were in a show or just a tour company and they right. fell through the cracks. So it was just kind of filing all these people into photos. And she knew who all those people were. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Right. Yeah. And there was one day they showed me, I can't remember if Joyce put on or something else put on for me, but it was an old reel to reel from like a show from 
Arkin, one of Arkin's casts, and that was just awesome. You know, like through a haze of smoke. Right. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, so cool. right. Well, like, it's crazy. What's crazy to me, and 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 I look at all those things, and and certainly being in the drink, being on the boat, doing the best of Second City, but also being on the tour boat, uh, the Norwegian cruise, Norwegian cruise, yeah, right? Yeah. Which one? Which boat? I was on. I did two. I did the Star and the Dawn. Okay. Yeah. So being on those boats, you're doing archival material, but you're also doing. You're also working in the style that Second City first started in, which is like these are the people. These are yeah. the people that we got. And excuse me, we have to we have to we have to entertain these people, but we've got to touch these people. And when you are paid, oh my, everything God. changes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a major thing about. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to make a point, but I'm not going to, I don't want you to answer it. I don't know if you get paid for opening night the musical, and I don't want to know. But the fact is, we have to get paid. Do you understand? Absolutely. I believe we have to get paid. Yeah. And when I say, I believe we have to get paid, I believe artists have to get paid. Mm -hmm. I believe that if you are doing an art and you're going, and, and this is what gets me these days, somebody saying, yeah, I'm a starving artist. I want to grab you by the fucking lapel and just whack you across the head with a brick. Stop saying that because you're making it continue. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all the people. I mean, you can go to anything across the board. People who scab for jobs or you know doing favors. Stop fucking doing favors. You know, put some worth on what you're doing. But there will always be those people. There will and, always be yeah. those people. And that's why we're gonna suffer. I mean, I we're on the precipice of a huge change for actors. You know, with the, with the internet and you know everything being divided as it is, and you know quotes are out the window, and all this stuff's happening to make a living wage as a television actor. That the it's just just decreasing, decreasing. There's more jobs, but there's way, way, way less money. Right. And it's and it's people willing to do it, and people, you know. So and, and it's also the 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 business structure has created it so that we are fighting against each other. Right. More so than we ever have before. You know, and you'd think we would have learned something through all this time that right. now with the, with all these changes, let's have more stock and value because we've got so bonered in the past. Yes, we have. Why Why do we not? No, it's, it's nothing's changed. I love that we got bonered in the past. I haven't heard that, <laughs> like the idea that we got bonered in the past. You grew up in Chicago? I did, yeah. What part? Uh, kind of split time between South Burbs and my dad's Evanston will met my, when I went to high school home with Bosmore. Uh -huh. Oh, you went so, to HF. Uh -huh. Yeah, I went to HF. Because uh, that's Al such Samuels. A, what's that? Al Samuels. Yeah, we right, right. Well, I have, I have all my friends, Barry Myerson, yeah. and Donna, too. But uh, so, and I was part of the, <laughs> the Chicago Federation of Temple Youth, so I had... I made out with girls on the South Side, and oh, yeah. well, you know, like Chicago area Jewish girls. So, um, <laughs> oh, because oh, because oh, the phrase "bonered," uh, "bonered" is such a. <laughs> I don't know that it is, but it sounds like a Chicago phrase. It does it from our youth? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of the same thing. Where it's like, what a jag bag! It's like jag bag. Jag bag. Bring that back. I, I am bringing Good. it back. I'm bringing jag bag back. <laughs> Take that and, today. Uh, and growing up in Chicago too, the idea of. Uh, like how much art there was in Chicago, and my dad was union. My my dad's union. My mom was union. Was union. My grandfather was union. My grandmother was union. My uncle was union. Ooh. My great uncle was union. They're all fucking union. My grandfather oh, yeah. was union. They're union. And so when I look at at pay scale, and I go, because they are going to boner us if they can. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what they. That's well, their job. So you talk to anybody with any other union. You know, I've all union people in my family too, and they're like, "Well, your union takes care of you, right?" You're like, "Ha ha!" Well, not in the way yours union does. Well. Well, I gotta, but I do have to say that. Did you hear about that woman that was? Uh, they were doing a show 
in South Carolina or something, and they got a bed on a train track. Did you read about this woman? Oh, yeah. And she was killed. Yeah, yeah. You know why? It's not union. Right. It's non-fucking-union. Yeah. And I don't remember what big B-star B was there, but that motherfucker should have known better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I don't know how many times you've been on a set. I've, been, I've done commercials, and we did a commercial out in the desert, and suddenly we're doing a Mercedes commercial, boys. We did a Mercedes commercial, and... Uh, why Mercedes have come up a lot lately? I was doing a Mercedes <laughs> commercial, and uh, this guy come, this guy in a suit, a sport jacket, and a tie, says, um, hey, what's happening? I'm like, fine, what's going on? I thought he worked for the client. And he hands me his card, and he's from SAG. Yeah. And he goes, uh, how's, your, how's your trailer? Are you getting water? Uh, did you get a break? Yeah, they, I mean, that's true. The reps are pretty great. They've popped and, up a bunch you know, through the years. It's, yeah. I'm sorry. I, you know, they're not perfect. Nobody's fucking perfect. No, no system no, no. is perfect. But anybody that's bitching about the union, I want to go, hey, what'd you do on Saturday? And they went, well, yeah, we went out with the family. It's like, okay, Saturday. Did you like your Sunday day too? Thank the motherfucking unions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no. very true. You can slap me around for that. And you know what, too? Like, I, I, I'm part of the problem. Do I run for the board? Am I going to all the I meetings? I don't need to do that, but I do need to. No, no, I'm, but I'm saying, like, you know, there is a way to be more active. There's a way to be more in the know. I mean, a lot of actors. Yeah, I don't. For me, I pay my dues. You want somebody to. Yeah. I pay my dues and I talk the union up because I'm not, I am, Derek, I'm not going to run. Those people are geeks and weirdos <laughs> and they can fucking true. do it if they want to. But, yeah. you know, and, and, and I know that there are a couple of, you know, uh, Alan Lulu, who's one of the, just a great actor and just a, just a, a union guy and he's run and he pushes it and God bless. So he's not the one, but there are other people who are like, yeah, I get it. Thank you for doing that. I don't have it in me. Right. Don't call on me to do it because I don't have any compulsion to do it. Sure, sure, sure. All right, we'll lay off the union. I'm not going to, you know, for me, I also feel like there are things where I go, okay, but you got a pension, right? Yeah, I mean, and now when we're on tier one for my wife's pregnancy, which is like, oh my gosh. Right? Oh God. They're paying you to get, they're essentially paying you to be pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. No, we're very lucky. We're very lucky. Right. Yeah. And, and the idea of having a pension, a stag pension, an after pension. Um, I'm equity as well. So I got oh, those yeah. three unions. I'm not going to make a lot of money because there isn't a travel around the country teaching theatrical improvisation at a small <laughs> little theater union. But that's up to me too. Yeah. I'm still paying my dues. I'm still paying equity. I haven't done an equity show and I've been out here 20 years. Wow. But, you know, is, this, is $120 a month, a year? $120 a year is that going to kill me? Yeah. That's fine, just in case it rolls around. Well, it would end up having one year I couldn't pay my rent. Yeah. And um, I couldn't pay, one, one month I couldn't pay my rent. I'm like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to pay my rent. And Actors Fund, somebody told me about the Actors Fund. Oh, that's awesome. So I found out about the Actors Fund. They yeah. said, okay, come on in. They wrote me a check for my rent. And they said, what other bills do you have? And I told them. And they said, what else do you need? And I said, I don't really need anything else. And they said, here you go. Wow. And I said, well, when do I pay it back? And they said, you don't. That's great. Holy moly. Well, there you go. That's my union, man. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. my union. That's my union. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's a, you know, there is a there is a duty for us to all take care of each other, I think, you know, and, and to look after each other because it's a unique thing. And it was something I was thinking about on the way over here. I was just thinking about you improv community and all these twists and changes going back mm -hmm. through my Chicago days. You know, and maybe I was blind to 
everything. But to me, it was very like idyllic, and everybody was seemed to really get along. Like mm -hmm. I don't know the inner complexities. Like I went and watched all those so many shows. Like you know, in Chicago, I lived at Iowa Chicago when I was in college. I went almost every night, and I remember, you know, like Heckner's last Armando, and like before he went to SNL, like all these landmark things. But and then when I moved out here, also I just wanted to keep that the love going and it seemed like it was there and then a couple guys started coming in who weren't that and they you know comedy was cool and like that's a huge prevalent thing now where people acting like it's cool what do you mean and it's so you know like i don't know i was at the oaks the other day and there's what's the oaks yeah it's a little place up on franklin uh -huh. you know and i saw a couple you know improv guys i've seen around you know wearing their shades inside right. one guy's in pajamas like <laughs> or what he thought i don't know what <laughs> but just like they were like badasses so i'm like just do improv. How did this happen? It's like, very, uh, I don't know. I love the idea of they're wearing shades inside and pajamas. And it's like, and they're cool. And I'm going, you know what? What's happening? What is yeah, happening? What is happening? What is happening? But know. everything, again, it seems like the universe is, is uh, shattering. And I'm not saying shattering in a bad way. I'm saying shattering in a way that there are shards all over the place. Absolutely. And... Uh, I don't know about you, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, but when I go to when I go to UCB, I don't know a person in that line. Right. Do you? Uh, rarely. Very rarely. Yeah. How does that happen? It's sort of like a parallel universe. Absolutely. Or it's like, it feels like this is my doppelganger and, and their family. I'm like, you look like I should know some of you yes. people, but I have no idea well, who you people so are. it's so huge now. The community is so large. Right. You know, I just started teaching at Nerdist. We're starting a, uh -huh. the, the, the school there. Oh, there's a school at Nerdist? Yes. Yeah. So when it's really, it's just... In that space? Uh, well, there's an extra little space next to uh, Meltdown now. Okay. So that's, it's and it's, and it's really fantastic because it is teacher-generated program. Uh -huh. You know, it's just us doing what we want to do, and we're going to kind of discover right. what we want the shows to look like, and we want everything else to look like. Boy. And it's such a breath of fresh air that you're not stuck tethered to this curriculum. It's not plug and play. It's not even it's not like what? plug and play. What's that? You know, it's just like any teacher could teach this curriculum. Got it. Here's plug and play that way. You Got know, it. Uh -huh. um, it's whatever you, you know. And I remember when I did when I did level one in Chicago at I.O. Things weren't that structured i remember there was a day when we did mask work mm -hmm. and all this and it was oh really yeah and did like, richard hensel come in for that no sharna did it sharna did it but but you know i just remember us all being backstage with these like oh so beautiful and weird and just like why where'd the weirdness go i want to get back to weird so i mean like this last right. session my sister brought these ink blots at christmas uh -huh. um you know for us to get like the family and you find out oh really warshock yeah, yeah. It's Rorschach like, for the it's family? Like, it's like a party game. Uh -huh. The most depressing party game you could ever pull out. Because we're like, oh, that is me. That's why I'm terrible to you. But, so, but I brought this in the class. I'm like, well, let's do this. And you play whatever you see on the cards. You know, and then they, they dug it. And they're like, oh, cool. And it was closer to this who they were. This is in the were. Nerdist or this is in level this one? This is Nerdist, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, so I brought that in. And then, you know, like trying to use elements out of the comic book shop. Or like, we just saw this book. Let's work this in. Just to have that freedom. You that know, place is pretty phenomenal the nerdist space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it called uh, uh nerd belt right yeah um to think that because there's nothing there's no i don't know that there's another place like that i don't think so either and it's a, it's such an interesting thing because it's a it's a it's an amalgamation of game players and comic book people comic book nerds writers um 
comedians. Yeah. Um, Fringe stand-ups. Like exactly. All sorts of, yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's really neat. And there's going to be a separate improv theater now, too, that's going to be its own thing. They're building a little space just for improv, uh-huh. for shows. And they also are doing podcasts. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean their, that's the whole thing, whole, right? Yeah. But the school now is making more money than the shows, which is what right. happens. That's so, what happens. So it's, it's pretty cool. But right. I'm really, I'm digging it. I think it's great. Who's it, running that? Who runs that? Uh, Ptolemy Slocum is doing it on. Oh, Ptolemy, yeah, boy, right. New York and yeah. But he's also, from what I understand, I don't know that I know him, but um, somebody was mentioning him just the other day. Uh, like a rising, well, not a rising, but a student was mentioning, mm-hmm. you know, going over to one theater and saying, people are, how can I say this? People are doing backbends in order to, and we got to meet the person at the box office in order to meet the person that's going to be running the door, and we got to meet an intern in order to see if we can get connected to the person that books. Right, right, As opposed to do your work wherever you do it, and you will be called. Yeah. And that's what Ptolemy? Yeah. That's what I understand that he does. Yeah. He just looks and goes, hey, I got this space. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, he didn't know me from Adam. I knew they were starting a thing there. I liked the vibe there. Right. So I'm like, listen, I want to come teach for you. Right. I know you're starting a school. Mm-hmm. Here's me. He came and saw opening night, and like we shook hands after the show. It was right. so lovely. It was just right. like one of the best vettings. But that's but when you say whatever happened to that that doing the mask work, it's happening. Yeah, absolutely. It's happening now, but on a different level. And it was happening then on a different level too. Yeah. Back in the day. Right. I mean, I was too young to know. I mean, and like we're talking about, you're talking about this fragmentation and things, but like you've seen the zeitgeist change a million times more than I have. Yeah. You know, so for me, it's a little more, it's a little more raw or fresh because I haven't seen the shifts as it's much exciting. as you have. It's exciting. It is. But, but my shifts and your shifts are shifts. You know, you can't weigh what, what shifts weigh more. No, no, but, not at all. Yeah. No, but I mean, but you can come accustomed to shifts. <laughs> that's yes. all I'm saying. And get, but here's the yeah. thing that keeps you young is to go, oh, that's a shift, as opposed to, hey, you kids get off my lawn, or you call that music. Right. Yeah, you yeah, know, I mean, that's, that's what I was telling my class. I go, I go, you guys tell stories differently than I do. Right. You, you receive stories way differently than I have right. in my 20s. So how do you bounce that back? How do you tell stories now? What are you jazzed about? Right. Uh, sending and receiving information. Right. And, and show me. And let's let's cultivate that. I love that. Yep, yep, yep. And and it's not right and it's not wrong. It is what it is. That is that is that. Absolutely. You know? yeah. And uh, and that is the exciting thing to say. What what do you have to offer? Because I, I don't look at somebody and go they're nineteen or they're twenty three or they're forty five oh, no. or whatever the fuck it's going to be. Uh, I met a guy at, in San Francisco. I was just in San Francisco. Uh, came back yesterday. Um, what a great community it is up there. And I met a guy at a restaurant, and he was so heavily hitting on me, and I'm just so not gay, <laughs> but he was so heavily hitting on me, and he kept calling himself an old man. It's like, yeah, you don't understand, you know, I'm an old man. He kept calling himself an old man, and, 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 and he's retired, and I said, what do you do? He goes, I do nothing. And I'm like, great, good for you. He goes, no, it's not good for me. And then he told me that he owns this building, and he owns this other building, and it's like, hey, dude, you, what the fuck, right? That's just, so, yeah. my point is this. He was probably my age. Yeah. Well, that's that community, though, too. <laughs> the well, ageism the, is just insane. And I yeah. think the ageism is insane. But when I say things like, what is it that you want to do? And he said, well, I'd like to do this and this and this, but I'm doing this. And I said, well, why are you doing what you don't want to do? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Too short. It's that, it's that I'm not, yeah, I agree that it's too short, but I also believe that what's fucking jazzing you right now, right yeah. now, if you could say, what is it that you want to do right now, do it. Yeah. And, well, that's what's so awesome about your teaching too. You're always picking apart 
that um, that spark or that moment, whatever it is, <laughs> right, you know, that, right. that these people have, or they're suppressing. Like you can tell that they're suppressing the <gasps> gasp, right? You know, thing or whatever it is to like, like fucking bring that gasp out. And let's see I, what it is. So interesting. Fuck, bring that gasp out and let's see what that is. And I've been really thinking about that lately. It's funny that you should bring that up because I've been thinking about the idea of uh, breathing. And when you're in an improv scene with somebody oh, wow. and they enter, they're telling you how to breathe. Do you understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're telling you in that moment how to breathe. Your partner is telling you, your partner is breathing this way. And you could tell. And you, and for me, I'm looking and I go, oh, you're telling me how to breathe. That is the actor. That is said. fucking super primal because you could take emotion wherever fucking names you want to put everything else. But breathing, you have to do. And it is pressing it as above anything else. That's awesome. Because if you're being affected by it or you're matching breathing rhythms, you can't deny that. You can't. It can't be phony. It can't be phony. No, it can't be. You can't fake a breath. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I don't know what that means. You can't fake a breath. Or maybe you can fake a breath. I, I, I bet you can fake a breath. You can fake a but breath. Uh, um, I hugged somebody yesterday. I haven't seen my downstairs neighbor in a while, and I really like her. She's just a great person. She was lovely while I was waiting for really you. Really great. She's yeah. a lovely person, and uh, I haven't seen her in a couple weeks, a few weeks, and and uh, you know nothing romantic going on. She's just a great person, and I hugged her, and I felt her breath and I felt my breath and I was like oh yeah she breathes <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and 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 you know if you hadn't seen your wife in a while or or whatever it's going to be you hug her and you feel her heartbeat you feel her heartbeat mm -hmm. and when you have a child when you have your son it's a son yeah when you have your son that that dude's gonna have a heartbeat, oh, and absolutely. you're gonna be able to listen to that fucking thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've heard it now, and it makes me cry. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right, so, right, yeah. right. And and we lose our breath. It was so exciting. I lost my breath. I, you know, I was on the the, the roller coaster, and I just totally lost my breath. She walked in, and I lost my breath. He walked in, and I lost my breath. Um, the the thing fell off the thing, and I, I grabbed it just in time, and I lost yeah. my breath. It's like, oh my god, don't you want? That's why we do the beat, everything. The beat your heart skipped, right? Right, yeah, right. Yeah. right. That, I think that's why we do everything, right? to experience that feeling of being alive and that's why I smoke did you smoke I never have so no. when I smoked I remember the great thing was for me what I loved was feeling my lungs right filling my lungs with smoke so my my, my lungs went yeah here we go yeah. but you don't drink in order to feel your kidney or your liver no that's there's a, there's, there's a, uh, a card uh, that I go I'm gonna get the card I can sign here and um, <laughs> There's a good chance I'm going to need one of your kidneys. Uh, that's lovely. <laughs> There's a good chance I'm going to need one of your kidneys. <laughs> anyway, um, but the that, that where do we tangentially spin off this? This was a, this, this goes back to I think pulling good out of people, right? Like in terms of our job as a teacher, right? Yeah, you're right. Like, like, right. And, and then like you know, hopefully creating improvisers or performers that are self-sufficient in a way, you know, mm -hmm. like they have their own point of view and their own drive and they're passionate about right. what they're doing and then, and then they have a really good sense of self, right? I think for me, it's all a good sense of self. I think, yeah. I think it's a really great sense of self because it isn't, uh, let's see, who do I know? Uh, Shuli, Shuli Khan, take Shuli for example. Um, I love her sense of self. There's an energy that she has. Absolutely. And, and, and to look at her, she, she's a, a phenomenal actor. She's yeah. a great actor, really? and that sense of self that you just want to be around—that is just so so inspiring. 
Absolutely, and I use her as an example all the time for female improvisers because surely her strength comes from playing weakness. And you know, everybody, you know, women so want to hold their ground in scenes and be perceived as being powerful and not the pushover or whatever else. But surely will play the pushover characters to such a level that your empathy for them makes you hate whoever's putting them down. <laughs> so, so you hate that misogynistic force that's acting on her. It's right. so lovely the way that she's able to do that. And it's with great confidence that she's able to know that she can pull that off. And, and so what ends up happening is you come back from this trip in uh, 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 Norwegian Cruise Line, the Dawn, or whichever one it was, and you are you are working for what two months? A month contract, two months? It's four and then three. Okay, what? Four months and then three. Four months. And, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And while you're on this boat, you meet this woman. Yeah. And and so of course you're going to come back here because at that moment every all cylinders are 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 pounding. You you know you know why you're here. You've connected. Somebody's connected with you on yeah, this yeah, earth yeah. to say you are a good person, just in terms of your love life. And somebody else is connecting with you. Thousands of people are connecting with you on another level, saying you are a good person. You're entertaining me. I love what it is you're doing. You made me laugh. You did that. I didn't expect for you to do that. So when so it is that idea of as a teacher, first and foremost, when I teach, I this is what I teach. Somebody says, what's the difference between your class and another class? My class is this. I am going to remind you what it feels like to be here right now. To be present right mm -hmm. now, right the fuck now, and that's it. Yeah. And anything else is going to come off of that. So the Rorschach test, you um, that Rorschach, the, right. the ink yeah, block yeah, thing. Absolutely. The ink block thing. You're showing your students this ink block thing, and suddenly, immediately, they go, I know exactly what that is. And you change their breath yeah. in that moment. Right. Because they go, oh, that's my dad. Or that, that is, or that's the boat, or whatever the fuck it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. And the moment that their breath changes, it's a symbiotic relationship, um, and it's also uh, we are in, we are per, we are permeable. Does that make sense? We're yeah. permeable. Like when I the way I'm talking right now, you can't help get I, maybe you can you can't help but get excited and inspired by it. You moved your body forward. You're you're mm -hmm. doing that yeah. because we are here to inspire each other, and it's not about the structure. It's about what's underneath it. What I mean, saying the structure, I mean is get the who, the what, and the where out at the beginning of the scene. Get the game, the game right, right. scene out right away, or whatever that's going to be. It's are you here right now? This is the moment. Yeah, yeah. This is it. Absolutely. This is all we get. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then once you're unencumbered by all that stuff, because I think you know, and then the other stuff does happen because it reads and it is like you said, it's, we're here for each other for that reason. So it becomes uh, magnetic, you know, or more alluring to casting directors or whoever else if you wanted to put the name on it i'm not saying that that's the end game i'm just saying but there is something to that absolutely yeah. and it and the casting directors just happen to be in your orbit yeah they just happen to be in front of you in that moment i mean that's so why you, so many guys like you know there are a lot of these guys that got successful when i was younger that were real fuck off guys they didn't give a shit you know they mm -hmm. go in there and i remember i had a friend who mouthed off to barry seinfeld in an audition and, and he got cast in the thing <gasps> you know because Whoa, where's this guy coming from? Right. Because he had his own thing going on. So that was kind of alluring to them when right. people kind of have their own thing. Not that it ever benefited him in his career. It had nothing to do with his acting and he couldn't maintain it as well as he thought he could. He does fine. It's great if he is listening to this. But I don't think he was you know, ready as an actor at that point. But that doesn't matter. But there's something to it when you have your own thing going on. You're in the moment. When you have whatever your truth is or whatever your thing is. There's something magnetic or alluring to it. Well, what yeah. you're doing is you're, you're, you're really, I mean, for me, I feel like, you know, at that moment, your friend, knew, your friend was connected to that moment. Yeah. You know, and if he wanted to go, wow, I can't believe that I said that, it, that he wasn't airdropped into that situation. It wasn't like, and then you're here. 
It yeah. was everything led up to that moment that he was there, <laughs> yeah. right? And uh-huh. what he did in that moment wasn't a karmic Tourette's. Right. It was, it wasn't like, oh, I have, it, it, it came out of the now. Yeah. It was born out of his, who he was then. Yes. Yeah. And what he was going through then. Absolutely. And I, and so when I hear people say things like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. I'm, I, cause I don't have regrets. Yeah. I don't I either. don't. Not a one. I mean, a lot of weird hinky stuff's gone on, but I don't care. But the, that weird hinky stuff is the thing that your son's going to say. Maybe that didn't happen to my dad. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that weird hinky stuff is also really cool hinky stuff. Absolutely. I wouldn't trade that hinky stuff. I wouldn't uh, like every story that I tell about, you know, what a what a douchebag I was or am or I'm going to be, whatever that's going to be. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I mean, I mean no one thinks they're doing it the wrong way. I, I don't believe that. I think people do you think, think you they're think? doing it the wrong really? way. Really? Yeah. Didn't you think that you were doing it the wrong way prior to like the moment that you were you were about to give up LA? <sighs> Didn't you think that you were doing it the wrong way? Or, well, well, or were you not doing it the right way? I don't know. I mean, well, I knew my decisions were the right decisions then. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, so I'm not doing, I'm not, I'm making the right decisions. I think people think they make the right decisions. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, if people thought they were making the, I'm going to make a wrong decision right now. You know, you know what I mean? Right. I think everyone thinks right. what they're doing is the right thing to do right. at that moment. Right. So even right. if it's something terrible, it's somehow justified in their head. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I yeah. totally agree with you. Yeah. Like nobody goes in, no character is moving forward thinking that they're wrong. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. Like the idea of I am going to do this. And then you, you sit back in the wake of that and go, oh, that's what I did. That's what I did. I remember when I asked my wife for a divorce. I remember the moment of going up to that and saying, I am going to write. I am at the doorway, the threshold of yeah. changing everything. And that's all that that's you could huge. be at. You could just be at that moment of yeah. saying, I am going. And, and to, say, I wa- to say, I wonder how this is going to turn out. You could do that. But you can't say it's going to turn out this way. Mm-hmm. You can just say, I am at the threshold of doing that. Then you do that. And then you're in the wake of doing that. <laughs> and what does that wake of doing that feel like? Yeah. I am going to move to LA. I'm going to move away from LA. I'm going to. And for you to say, I'm going to move away from LA, that's just something you said. It's not something you did. Yes. I you mean, know what I mean? Like you go, I'm going to do that. Yeah. But you didn't at that moment go, burning down the house. You went, I'm going to do that. But you also open yourself up towards those other things. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it was so great. It was so awesome. I mean, like you know, I, I, yeah, I, I got I literally just left with a talented duffel bag and a you know, computer. It was so cool, and it shows you and, and, like so many other lessons too. Like, how much do you really need to live with? You know, how much stuff, how much whatever. It's really awesome. I got to tell you, one of the things that, that that was the lesson for for me was I go back to this because it was a major part of my life, getting a divorce, yeah. where you say, "What stuff do I need?" Because mm-hmm. really. There's a lot of this stuff that I have that I don't need. Yeah. I mean, it's like now I'm like, well, maybe I'll frame some small tidbits that are emblematic of other stuff. It's funny. When my, my, um, my stepdad passed away a few years ago and I went back to Chicago, my mom had saved almost everything from our youth. And I had, I think there was four bins, these big plastic bins that were just mine. Like, you know, and she's like, down to one, whatever you want to take. You know, so that's tough to go through all that stuff. Like, well, what's the most important of these things? And I read a really cool thing um, just prior to that. This is, I don't know, Jermaine and nothing other than I just thought this was cool. Somebody had um, 
wish that they had saved letters from their parents just to have that handwriting. That kind of cool. So I found some stuff from camp that my parents had sent me and things like that. Right. Yeah, pretty right. neat. Well, know. a friend of mine took, my friend Al Rose got together with his Zadie, his grandfather, and had a piece of butcher paper and a crayon and a cassette recorder and said, map out your shtetl. What's the shtetl? The shtetl is, like, is where he lived in Russia. Oh, really? Map out your shtetl. So it was, you know, rural shtetl. And where did people live and what were the roads like? And so he has a couple of things. He's got his grandfather's voice. Yeah. He's got his grandfather's stories. He's got his grandfather's handwriting. He's got his grandfather's map. map. He's got oh. his grandfather's drawing. He's got all that. That's awesome. All of that. That's awesome. All of that. I hope now, that's framed up in the house. No, but here's the thing. Yeah. It's not framed up in his house. Yeah. He, he just has it in his house. Yeah. He just has it. Yeah. He just has it. And then when he goes, someone's going to look at this and go, what the fuck is this shaky writing? Yeah. But you know what? It hey. matters. Knowing right now that that, Al knowing right now that that's in the universe. Me knowing that Al knows right now that that's in the universe. There's a, there's a, there's a spirit to that. There's an energy to that. Mm -hmm. And in that energy, it also takes my breath away. Just yeah. to go, or as I'm telling that story, there's a calmness about that. Yeah. Sitting and writing. And in that calmness comes that breath, that breathing, that heartbeat. I like that. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm all about the breathing thing now. You got me. <laughs> it's really. But it's also it wherever you're gonna go. You're at a restaurant and you're sitting at a restaurant and uh, got time. You're sitting at a restaurant. And you go. I'm not hungry. And then you see that thing and you go. Yeah. That gasp. Right. That sacred gasp. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Didn't when know. you saw your wife, did you have a sacred gasp? Did you have a? I did. She claims that she saw me before I saw her, but I remember distinctly when I saw her. I don't know. It was kind of funny. You know, it's so stupid. When I left too, like I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll never, I'll never love again. Like it's one of the stupid things that you say. Like, and I you knew you knew it was stupid at the time. I'm like, and no, but I really right? just can't yeah. ever perceive it ever happening again. I've been burned so many times, and I was just like, I'm done. I can't do it, never. And then first week on the boat, I met her, and then you know, three months together, and it's very accelerated relationship living because you have no distractions. You're together. 24/7. Well, people say that they're on a boat, but they're really on an island. If they're you're really, working yeah. that, it's not a boat; it's an island. Oh, for because sure. you don't get off, and other people come on, and then they leave. But it's not a boat. Yeah, yeah. But no, like I said, and it was like we had our honeymoon before we got married because we were in Bermuda, Bahamas, and then you know, to the coast of Mexico. We were like in these beautiful places together, and we're dog sled racing together, and we're kayaking, you know, glacier. We're doing all these right. amazing things together right. as a couple before we've even done real life, quote unquote. Right. You know, or whatever that's supposed to be. It's an amazing, it's, it's, it's having your cake, then eating too. Right. But going back to that gasp though, that moment, I knew, you know, and the people tell you that they know. And I thought I was in these long relationships with girls I lived in. I thought I knew, but no, I, I realized that I didn't know at all. Because with Deb, there was no question for me. It was just, this is who I'm spending the rest of my life with. And when we, when we got married, it was just like, when we went to, uh, to you know, because we had to happen fast because she had to become a citizen because she's from the UK. And like that normally would probably scare the shit out of me to have to like within a year, you know, to have to do that. And, and, and the obligation of that. Yeah. You are responsible for somebody leaving their country and their family. Absolutely. You're not responsible for it, but you're a catalyst to that happening. Yeah. And here she is plumped down into my world. You know, there was a thing where, you know, like she <laughs> would pump into my ex-girlfriends. And I never, she never, I never had to do that for her. You know, like. Wedding out of your ex-girlfriends? Just like live in this world that, that right. you know. I know thousands and thousands of people. You know, how many people have I taught? Everywhere right. we go, somebody knew me. Right. And here she is in this world where this is weird. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Had she lived in the States? Mm -mm. No. Jesus no. Christ. Yeah. It's like a foreign planet. Absolutely. Where and she's and, from, he, and she came over without a driver's license, so I had to teach uh, her to drive. I mean, we had two years before she could start driving here, <laughs> so she was very reliant on me. Isn't that awesome? But yeah. you didn't go into it going, Jesus Christ, I got to teach this person how to. No, you I didn't couldn't go, wait for it. Right, 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 yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. And I, right. you know, I set up the house for her before she got there, and mm -hmm. you know, and I had a, you know, pink robe waiting on the door for her when she arrived. And just like, you know, that's really exciting. And great. But isn't that that also says a lot about the gifts that we're giving other people are the gifts that we're giving ourselves. So what you're laying down for her is really what you're laying down for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my mom's is like the giver or whatever. If you, you know, this enneagrammatical types, and I think that's very much the same vein too. Mm -hmm. I, I cook almost every meal for Deb still. Like I woke up today, you know, and made her breakfast. You know, she's getting ready for work. Like I just, I still want to take care of her, and I, I just, I don't know. It, I still want to take care of her. Boy, that's a great sentence. I still want to take care of her. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that that'll ever go away. And I, I hope it doesn't. I don't. Well, think the fact will. that you wake up in the morning, you go, oh, there's that person. You know, when I was married, in love, married, I'd look, I'd lean over, I'd roll over and go, oh, what, what is she doing here still? Yeah. How can she still, <laughs> huh, what? Yeah. That's not, that doesn't seem, there's got to be, where's the punked, you know? Right. Uh, but but you've you've got you've you're, and you're you're setting yourself up for this family and you've got a family already and it's crazy yeah it's nuts you know you go back to the like communication and stuff where like you know through through our struggles like the, the thing about it is just being like super open and you know warts and all like when I when I met her too I, I laid out everything bad about me because I'm like if if you want to take me I want you to know everything horrible and awful about me this is the magnitude of me. And here's how much debt I'm in. This is so right off the bat. And I tried that before with, you know, other girls. I'm like, listen, this is, so you can't hold this against me later. Right. You know, kind right. of a thing. And, you know, she never did. And it's great. <laughs> well, and also there's something wonderfully freeing about saying this is who I am. And, it, and it's also very mature. Because as you, when you're younger, you feel that that could be a deal breaker. But as you get older, you say, you know what? We all have baggage. Right. We all got stuff. Well, I mean, that too, you know, we're talking, you know, just talking about even being a performer in Los Angeles or people wanting to be perceived a certain way, uh, even on the improv stage, you know, I, I get so many students, I'm sure you do as well too, where they want to be Captain America on stage or whatever it is. I'm like, you can't be the hero without suffering or having this pain. So people want to look impervious and they carry around this veneer of being, uh, you know, a superhero or whatever it is they want to be, that, that, that there is no darkness or any weakness or any right. weirdness but the thing, when you look at a superhero you also a superhero is invulnerable mm -hmm. so that means that nothing changes yeah yeah but that way on those same guys that i'll dress them down i'm like listen to get to be batman you've got to go to tibet you've got to have your family killed you got to lose your girl all these terrible things have to happen before you get to be batman well i talk i talk about you know i talk about colbert a lot mm -hmm. so you look at colbert and you go you know he's essentially batman yeah you know, in a way but what people don't remember, but we don't know, is he had uh, a father and two brothers killed in a plane crash. Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and, and here's a couple things. Is he going through, like, mm, what's the point? Or, yeah, 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 you could take a plane, but my dad, no. No. Yeah. He's saying, that happened to me, that happened to me. That's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I don't know. There, there was a lot of training 
this is kind of something cool too. I was just talking about the personality types, and Chris Barnes did this thing, the comedy dojo, and if you remember that yeah, back mm -hmm. in the day, mm -hmm. and it was really cool in a way. It got a little nuts, but there was mm -hmm. a great thing that came out of that where we were playing personality types, and you had to, you know, find yourself within the six or nine or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, and it became really cool in doing that over and over again, just in terms of identifying what everybody's damage is, you know, like what are the what are the Achilles heels of those different personality types? Interesting. And it became really liberating in a sense of like, you know, starting to learn like, oh, what you're laying on me is just all your bag and like whatever. And just typifying that to such a great level. Right. And you're like, oh, that's what's holding you back. Or seeing people in your family, you know, you're like, well, instead of, well, that happened, still mired in that. Right. You know, it's just like, oh, and then you're just like, boom. But once you know yourself in that way, it's really easy. I think that it's the surrendering to say, yes, that's my Achilles heel laugh about it and also know that you want to get rid of that Achilles heel, mm -hmm. stop. Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah, you can put the kibosh on it or you know that like these feelings keep coming up yep. and, and I can even, I'm like, oh, oh, I stop myself almost like, why am I feeling this anxiety? And now I can take a breath and go like, oh, it's that. Right. Instead of like spending a whole day just angsty and whatever right. else. It's like, no, can I deal with it or can I not deal with that? Can I, can I uh, solve that problem or is it still going to be a problem? Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think what's really interesting about that, it's the first time I've ever sneezed on a podcast, just want you to know that. I'm so glad uh, to be here. 120-something. So, uh, 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 but it's really, in uh, yes, yes. It's that idea of also saying the how and the why you are feeling that doesn't, how you got to that point doesn't matter. What matters is you recognize that you're at that point and going, oh, I'm not going to engage with that. Do you mm -hmm. understand what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because a lot of people will spend that entire day the rest of the day thinking, why is that happening? And how come this is happening? And the how come and the why come don't fucking matter. No, no, not at all. It's like there was a, there was a judo thing, right? It's like the, you either block the energy or you pull it into your knee or whatever it is to fucking confront it or dodge it. Exactly. And it's like, or you're, otherwise you're just like pussy slapping it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's the point? I just thought about pussy slapping on all different kind of levels. <laughs> I meant like a wussy slap, not a pussy, a pussy slap. Like a, you know, like I, a, I thought about the vagina, like two vaginas slapping at each other, but I also thought about somebody slapping a, a two cats together, or somebody slapping a cat and a vagina together. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna end it yeah. there. Let's end it oh, okay, there. Okay, let's end with pussy slap. Anything like that. Thank you so much, man. Dude, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. If you'd like to see one of Dave's improv shows or one of my stand-up shows, you can get that information at addcomedy.com. If you want to take a class with Dave, that information is located on his website at davidrozowski.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at drozowski. Today's episode was sponsored by Troubadour, a restaurant movie. A new movie by Group Mind Films, portraying an accurate, sometimes funny, and sometimes cringe-inducing glimpse at restaurant life. Troubadour, a restaurant movie. Available to watch in its entirety online for only $5 at groupmindfilms.com.